You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Just a quick trigger warning before we get into today's episode, there is mention of miscarriage and stillbirth in this episode. If you or someone that you know needs help or support at any time, contact Pregnancy, Birth and Baby on 1-800-882-436. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. I'm so sorry for the delay on this one. As you can probably still hear a little bit in my voice, I'm still not 100%, but I am feeling way, way, way better than I was. Just come down with a bit of a chest infection over the last couple days of term and the weekend. This always happens to me, end of term. It's like my body knows that we're about to have a break and everything just falls apart a little bit. Um, But I am feeling way better. I'm so excited to be on holidays and to get heaps of podcast stuff done. Done. I've got a lot going on at the moment. I hope you guys have all had a great past week. This week, uh, very exciting. I've got the first How's Your Head episode being released this Thursday. So make sure that you tune into that. I'm really excited about this kind of idea that that I popped up with recently. Um, and I'm really, really, really excited to get into it. And of course, If you are keen on coming on for a chat, please make sure you message me on Instagram. I put up a poll the other day and I had a lot of interest and that was really, really great. But anyway, let's get into today's episode. So during sex ed at school when I was teaching that last term, I had the pleasure of working with the sexual health nurse at my school who actually informed me one session that syphilis is on the rise in Australia and has been for a couple of years now. So I thought a good time to create another STI episode. I don't know about you guys, but syphilis was not one of those STIs that I grew up knowing about or understanding at all. I think there's kind of the main, I guess, more common ones. And now syphilis is coming into that bracket of being a more common STI in this country. So really, really important that we understand the symptoms and the signs of this particular STI. Now, according to the Department of Health and Aged Care in Australia, in 2020, notifications of infectious syphilis in Australia increased by nearly 90% from recorded rates in 2015. Now, this is pretty wild. It has actually been identified as a public health challenge here in Australia. So it's fair to say that it is something, especially if you are, of course, sexually active, you need to really be thinking about this and understand the ways not only to identify syphilis, but how to prevent it as well. According to the article, Urgent Need to Alert GPs of Syphilis Epidemic by Morgan Liotta, 
The prevalence of this STI is shifting from more remote and rural areas, particularly of northern Australia, to bigger cities. So Melbourne, Sydney and Perth uh, are cities that are being affected in particular. Now, this is of major concern because if syphilis, like other STIs, is left untreated, it can cause really serious health problems and even death in some cases. So let's firstly talk about what syphilis actually is. Syphilis is an STI or a sexually transmitted infection caused by bacteria called Treponema pallidum. Now, a few years ago in Australia, it was thought that there were more at-risk groups, and there definitely can be when it comes to certain sexually transmitted infections, just based on how they are passed on to others. However, because we have seen that syphilis is on the rise and is becoming a lot more prevalent, anyone who is sexually active is at risk of being infected by syphilis. Now, syphilis is transmitted through skin-to-skin contact, and it is extremely contagious when a sore or a rash is present. This transmission can occur during vaginal, anal, or oral sex, as well as spreading from the mother to the unborn baby or a baby during childbirth. And this is actually known as congenital syphilis. In addition to this, syphilis can also be passed on through infected blood as well. So you might find this generally at maybe a tattoo parlor that doesn't wash things properly or through intravenous drug use and sharing of needles. Now, as with other STIs that we have talked about, there are sometimes some myths around certain infections and there are definitely a few myths around syphilis. But I'm here to tell you that you cannot get syphilis through contact with objects. So this is stuff like sharing a toilet seat or a bathtub or swimming pools or sharing eating utensils or clothing, any of those things. It has to be skin-to-skin contact. Moving on now, let's talk about the symptoms. Now, this is really, really, really important. Some people have no symptoms at all. So you actually may not know that you have it until you get tested, which is something that you should do every six months if you are sexually active. At the very least, you should get a full STI check once a year. And generally, this can just happen through a blood test and a urine sample as well. So unless there is something actually physically on your body, like a sore or a rash or a wart or something like that, that needs to be actually checked out, you won't need to go in and, you know, take your pants off and do any of those things. If you just go in as a preventative measure, it's just a blood test and a urine sample. It's super easy. And if you are sexually active, make sure you are doing this regularly. So according to Health Direct. There are four overall stages of syphilis infection. These are primary, secondary, latent, and tertiary. And the signs and symptoms of the infection will depend on the stage that a person is in. Let's firstly talk about primary syphilis. So the first stage here. Now this stage is highly contagious and it occurs about three to four weeks after infection. However, sores, physical sores, can take up to about 90 days to appear for some people as well. Now in this stage, there may be just one sore present or there might be multiple. It does depend on the person. 
and the sores will be located on where the syphilis actually entered the body. So for example, it could be on the penis of a person, on or in the vagina, in the anus, the rectum, the cervix even, or on a person's lips or in their mouth. Now, something else you might look for is that your lymph nodes may also be swollen, which indicates infection in the body as well. And we talked about how sometimes this infection is really hard for people to identify because they might not have many symptoms. Now, generally, the sores are actually painless and therefore people don't notice that they exist, especially if they're in areas that are hard to spot, like actually in the vagina, on the cervix or at the back of a person's throat. Now, usually the sores will actually heal within about four weeks without any treatment. However, This does not mean that you no longer have the infection. You still need to be treated for syphilis. If you haven't been treated, you can still be infectious and you can still pass syphilis on to others. This is why it is such a tricky STI because there's minimal signs and symptoms for some people. People might realize they've got something and then go, oh, but it went away after about a month and I'm fine but they could still be passing syphilis on to others. Now, the most important thing here is that if you don't get treated, you may also go on to develop the second stage. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about secondary syphilis. Now, this generally can occur seven to 10 weeks after the initial infection, but it can last from six months to two years, depending on the individual. And again, in this stage, the infection is highly contagious. And the symptoms here are a little bit more in your face. You will probably notice these a little bit more. They can include things like a red rash on your palms, the soles of your feet, on your chest or on your back. You might have a sore throat and a fever, which doesn't help these days with COVID, does it? You might have swollen lymph nodes, joint pain, be experiencing quite severe headaches, and even weight loss and hair loss. And again, if you do not get treatment, the infection can progress to further stages. Now, the third stage here is latent syphilis. And this is otherwise known as sleeping syphilis. Now, no symptoms from any other stage are present during this phase. So again, you might think, I'm fine. Maybe you had a rash on your palms for a little while. It ended up maybe leaving and going away. You could still have latent syphilis. Now, this is only ever picked up on a blood test. And you are still infectious within the first 12 to 24 months of the infection. That's two whole years that you might think you are not infected with something or that you've gotten over something, but you could still be passing that on to others. Again, just going to highlight the importance of making sure you get a full screening at least once a year. And the fourth and final stage here is tertiary syphilis. And this can occur anywhere from five to 30 years after the original infection. This stage is really severe and affects around one third of untreated people. Now, during this stage, the bacteria can actually cause damage to almost any part of the body. It can affect the heart, the brain, the eyes, the spinal cord, even a person's bones. Now, this can result in a lot of disease or illness like heart disease, mental illness, blindness, 
deafness or neurological problems as well. And in some cases, it has even resulted in death. Now, important to note here, at this stage, it is not actually infectious anymore, so you can't be passing it on, but it can still be treated. All right, I quickly want to touch on congenital syphilis because I mentioned this briefly at the start of the episode, so we'll talk a little bit more about that here. Now, as I mentioned, this occurs when a mother passes the infection on to her unborn child or her baby during pregnancy. Now, the infection can have really serious impacts on the baby, and this all depends on how long you've been infected or whether you have been treated. If the syphilis is left untreated, it can result in miscarriage. So this is loss of the baby, stillbirth, which is when a baby is born deceased, premature baby, so the baby is born early, the baby could have low birth weight, or could pass away shortly after birth. So this is really, really serious. And even if babies with congenital syphilis survive, they can have serious health issues and it can affect their growth and development in a big, big way. So again, just really important to make sure you are regularly tested. In Australia, congenital syphilis in particular is on the rise. Moving on now, let's talk about how it's diagnosed. So I've already mentioned, but this can be done easily through your local GP. You just need to go and ask the doctor or even a nurse for a test. This is either a blood test or of course a swab test if there are any sores present. Now how the blood test works is that it actually detects the antibodies that the body produces to defeat syphilis and can tell you whether you have a current or a past infection. Now it is important to know that sometimes it can take up to three months to develop the antibodies. So early on in the infection, the blood test may come back negative. So unless you've got present sores or a rash, it can be really hard to identify it early. And again, I'm going to say it 25 times, but there again is the importance of getting tested really regularly. Now results for this usually come back within a week. So you don't have to wait too long to see whether or not you have any kind of STI. Uh, Generally, if you do a full test as well, it'll come back in the same time frame. Now, the next and probably the biggest question that we get whenever we cover STIs is, is it treatable or curable? And the good news is, yes, syphilis is totally treatable and curable. Does this mean that you can't get reinfected? No, you can definitely get reinfected even after you have treated syphilis. So keep that in mind. You can get it more than once. However, it is quite easy to treat this STI. Now, penicillin is used to treat it at every single stage. So penicillin is an antibiotic. Now, some people are allergic to this, but there are luckily other options available if you're allergic to penicillin. Now, normally this isn't taken like a tablet. It is injected into the muscle, which can actually make people feel a little bit sick or a bit flu-like for about 24 hours. And your doctor will probably recommend that you don't go to work or you just relax and you make sure you keep your fluids up just so your body can get over the injection. As we talked about already as well, the earlier the treatment, the better. So this will, of course, help you to prevent further complications and avoid passing it on to others. 
You want to make sure that you're not going from primary to secondary syphilis. You want to get on it as early as possible. This, of course, means that you should avoid sexual contact as well until the treatment is complete. And this even means using protection like a condom. Just do not engage in any sexual activity until you have had full treatment. Now, something else your doctor might request that you do is making sure that you have repeat blood tests just to ensure that the treatment has actually worked. So you might find that you need to go back in for a three, a six and a 12 month blood test after you've been treated for syphilis. But this is all really good news. I mean, we have such great healthcare here in Australia and it's really no problem if this is something that happens to you. There is still such a stigma around STIs and it's just important to know that number one, your doctor's not there to judge you. You are taking care of yourself and there is so much good in being empowered and in control of your health and your body, especially your reproductive health and your sexual health. It's super important, just as important as anything else. So never feel ashamed of going in and asking for an STI check or even if you are diagnosed, look after yourself. I'm going to tell you actually about how to do that in just a moment. So firstly, though, let's talk about what to do if you are diagnosed and you need to tell your sexual partners. So of course, it is important to let any sexual partner know whether this is a regular sexual partner or a casual sexual partner if you have been diagnosed with any STI. And this just helps to prevent further infections and can also help to break down the stigma of STIs as well. Now, if you need to tell a sexual partner, your doctor can actually help you do this in case you feel too uncomfortable telling your partners directly. Generally, doctors will have anonymous messaging systems, so they're not calling people up and telling them for you, but there are anonymous systems where they can either send a text message or an email or something like that, just notifying the person that someone they have recently been in sexual contact with has been diagnosed with syphilis or whatever it is. Now, in addition to this, there are many anonymous notification apps or websites online that can also help. So you don't always have to go through your doctor, but you may find that that is an easy option for you. And what do you do after that? Let's say you are diagnosed with syphilis and, you know, it can be really difficult or scary for people getting an STI diagnosis. And that is because there is still such shame around it and there is such stigma around it when in reality it is something, like we said, it's totally treatable, totally manageable and totally curable if you go and do the right thing and get tested. Now it's important, it's really, really important to make sure that you have support around you. And this can be from your local GP or nurse, maybe your school nurse or school wellbeing or welfare, your local community health services, you could contact family planning. So for example, in Melbourne, there's the Melbourne Sexual Health Centre, their phone number is 1800 or there is the Equibox Gender Diverse Health Centre who can be contacted on 94162889. Now, of course, if you're not from Melbourne, I would just look up your local town or city and family planning or local community health service. There should be someone to help you in almost every town or suburb around. So that's really important. Of course, making sure that you talk to the people around you your friends, maybe a sibling, anyone who's going to make you feel better and help you out. In addition to that, it's also important to know how to prevent this in the future. So as well as getting regular STI checks, we need to sort out some other ways to prevent it and to practice safe sex. 
So according to Health Direct, the easiest and most effective ways to do this are, as I just said, practice safe sex. So use a condom every time you have vaginal, oral, or anal sex, and make sure you're using a water-based lubricant so it doesn't break down the condom or tear it or whatever else. Seeking early medical advice for any oral, genital, or anal sores or rashes that might relate to recent sexual contact that you've had. Not having sex with someone with an STI, even if they're wearing a condom or you're wearing a condom, until they've finished their treatment in full. And getting full STI health checks regularly. I'm going to put that back in there again. That's like probably the sixth time I've said it, but I'm going to say it until every single person is getting regular STI health checks. Now, I also said this in the chlamydia episode, but I do want to repeat it. Now, majority of us will have some sort of sexual experience across our lifetime. It is normal, it is natural, and we should be able to talk about the potential risks of partaking in sexual activity. It should not be this big taboo, stigma, shame thing that we created it to be. A reminder that contracting syphilis or any other STI does not make you gross or dirty or unlovable. And the best, best thing you can do for yourself and for others is to head to your GP, get tested, get treated, and let your sexual partners know. And if it helps, chat to your mates about it. Have a good old laugh if that's what's going to make you feel better and help to break down the stigma surrounding STIs. There is so much sexual health advice out there and I will, as always, link more in my bio for you guys to check out if you want to. That is all for today's episode. I hope that you feel more informed about syphilis, about what it is, about how it's treated and about how we can prevent this STI and others so that people can stay healthy, Make sure that you get tested regularly. I don't know if everyone's going to hate me for saying this 18 times. I don't care. We're saying it again. Get tested regularly. If you want to stay up to date with me, please come learn with me on my Instagram at the health classes you missed. I do post a bit extra on there for you guys to learn and post lots of little snippets and stuff. We are building a wonderful little community over there and I'm absolutely loving it. Make sure as well that you tune in this week for the first How's Your Head episode. Other than that, have a wonderful week. I'll be back in your ears actually on Thursday, so sooner than normal, which is great. I'm very excited. I will be back then. Thanks, guys. See you later.